Good morning and welcome to the Bethel Baptist Bible Devotion Time. This is Pastor Donnie Shumate of the Bethel Baptist Church here in North Wilkesboro, North Carolina. I want to welcome you today. Hope you're doing good. I want to thank you for taking time uh, to join with us today as we're looking at God's precious Word. And if you have a copy of God's Word nearby, I'd like to encourage you today to turn with me uh, if you would please, to the book of Isaiah. As we're looking here today, we're going to try to get down to verse number number 6 of Isaiah chapter 9. And we've, uh, we've been looking at the thought these days of the 12 days of Christmas. Each day looking at a different word for the name of Jesus. And Jesus is the reason for the season. In fact, He's the reason for all seasons. We'll just say it that way. And if you have your Bible, I'd like to read just a little bit from the book of Isaiah, the Old Testament prophet of Isaiah, in verse number 2 of chapter number 9. The Bible says, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light, and they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death unto them hath the light shined. As I look at this, the prophet Isaiah, over 700 years before the birth of Jesus, he's speaking about a great light that is to come in the future. He's prophesying about the Lord Jesus Christ. And he also, as I see this, he talks about people walking in darkness. And this was a reference, actually, he I believe, to the likely to the Jewish people who were living in the areas remote from the temple, not able to come to regular temple worship. He speaks of those also in that verse uh, in the, the, the shadow of death. In other words, that this light, the glorious light, has, has, going, has been shined unto them. And what pro prophecy Isaiah is given here is fulfilled in the book of Matthew, as Matthew is reading and writing rather in chapter number 4 and he says in verse number 14 that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali by the way of the sea beyond Jordan Galilee of the Gentiles the people which sat in darkness saw great light and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death light is sprung up and from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is in hand. This marvelous chapter in Isaiah chapter number 9 is a prophecy speaking of Messiah who is to come. Over 700 years before the birth of our blessed Lord, Isaiah penned these very important words. And in verse number 6 of Isaiah chapter 9, the Bible says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. And today, if we could look for just a few moments about who Isaiah is referring to, and his name is Jesus, and after all, his name is above all names, and his name is Wonderful, and I love that word wonderful actually means miraculous in a very, very well-defined sense. 
Can I say this to you this morning, that Jesus is wonderful, first of all, in his person. As I was thinking about this, Jesus is God, creator of all things. Hebrews 1, verse 1 and 2 says, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the Father by the prophet, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, and listen carefully, by whom also he made the worlds. So you see, Jesus is the creator of all things. And not only is he creator of all things, but he is also sustainer of all things. Jesus is holy God. He is God Almighty. Colossians 1.17, Paul said, And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. As we're looking here today, we must realize that Jesus is God, creator, sustainer. But not only is Jesus God, but Jesus is also man. As we find in Luke's gospel, chapter number 2 and verse 7, we find the Lord was born in a natural manner. The Bible says in verse number 7, Luke 2, and she brought forth her firstborn son wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. But even though he was born in a human body, he was born by his mother and he came through the natural process of birth, Jesus was not natural in the sense of who his father was and in his conception. Where you see he was conceived by the supernatural born in the natural, but conceived in the supernatural. His mother was a virgin. She had not known a man according to Scripture and according to the prophecies that are given of the Savior. In John chapter 1, verse 14, John said it this way, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So I'll say it again today, Jesus is wonderful in his person. But secondly, this morning, let me interject another thought. He is wonderful in his perfection. What do you mean by that, preacher? Well, absolutely, Jesus is holy. Jesus is, number one, sinless. According to Paul's writing in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, which says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus is absolutely holy. He's sinless. But I'm glad that Jesus, being God, is holy. But he's also, not only is he sinless, but he is sympathetic. As I think about that, Hebrews 4, 14 and 15 says this, Seeing that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Can I tell you, we have a sinless Savior and a sympathetic Savior. Jesus is holy. But not only is Jesus holy, but Jesus is love. 
as I think about that, his love is a committed love. And we know the Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Peter, in 1 Peter chapter number 1, in verse 19 and 20, says this, But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you. You see, before the foundation of the world, God formatted a plan. The Lord Jesus Christ committed himself to coming to this world and dying for you. His name is wonderful, and certainly he is wonderful in his perfection. And not only is his love committed, but his love is also commanded. First John 4.10, the Bible says here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. It is a requirement of the people of God to love other people. We should love people, especially those of the faith. We should love all men. We should have a burden to win the loss. So Jesus, number one, is wonderful in his person, and he's wonderful in his perfection. But lastly, this morning, Jesus is wonderful in his promises. As I read the Word of God, I find there are many, many prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. And by the way, let me say this. If you're an unbeliever, and you just by chance or happenstance and it's not by chance that you're listening today, but if you've never been saved, let me just share this with you. Jesus did something absolutely phenomenal. There are so many different verses in our Bible that declare his coming, and he fulfilled them all. He fulfilled the scripture concerning himself. In Genesis 3:15, the first messianic promise is when man fell into the depravity of sin and uh, God said these words and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. This is the first of the messianic promises that is fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. And in fact, there are over 300 scriptures that we could look at that would show us uh, that Jesus is the Messiah. There are 60 out of those three over 300 prophecies. There are 60 of them that are major prophecies of the Messiah. And it is mathematically impossible that anyone could fulfill even eight of them. It would be mathematically impossible. Yet Jesus fulfilled them all. As I'm reading my Bible, and I have, I've written down in the New Testament 15 different times that it, the Bible talks about that the Scripture might be fulfilled or something similar to that, the, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled. Over and over, it says those, <coughs> excuse me, those words are talking about how the Scripture should be fulfilled in Christ. And the meaning of, of number 15 is simply 
rest. And if you look in numerology, you're going to find out that the number 15 means rest. I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm not going to read the verses, but if you want to write them down and look for yourself, and all of these verses are in the New Testament, and they refer to prophecies from the Old Testament. Matthew 1, 22 and 23, it speaks about Emmanuel, and, and Isaiah declared his name to be Emmanuel, God with us. And then in Matthew 2, 15, it talks about uh, when Herod was, uh, the wicked king Herod, and it spoke, out of Egypt have I called my son. And that's a fulfillment of the Old Testament scripture. In Matthew 2, 23, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be, a Naz be called a Nazarene. In Matthew 4, 11 through 16, again, here is the words, fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, the land of Zebulun, the land of Nephtalim which we just read just a few minutes ago. And it talks about the people who sat in darkness, fulfilled from the Old Testament, fulfilled in the New Testament, in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right now, Matthew 8, 17, it says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. That is a direct fulfillment of what Jesus did. Matthew 12, verses 17 to 21, as we're looking at this. Behold my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. I, have, I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. And then in verse 21 of Matthew, there in chapter 12, it says, In his name shall be shall the Gentiles trust. And I'm glad today that we have a name such as Jesus. His name is wonderful, and we can trust him. In Matthew 13, 35, that it might be fulfilled. Here we go again. He says, I will open my mouth in parables. And Jesus spoke many, many times in parables. Matthew 21, verses 4 and 5. It says all, and, it, and it, this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet uh, Tell ye, the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek, and setting upon an ass, a, a, and a coal, the foal of an ass. That on Palm Sunday, the Lord rode that ass. I was privileged to walk down that very mountain and down the hill where Jesus rode the donkey into Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday. And here it is. It was fulfilled. There was a prophecy of the Old Testament fulfilled by the Lord Jesus. Matthew 26, verse 53 through 56, and it talks about that. In verse 56, it says, But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then the, 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 all the disciples forsook him and fled. And it's talking about him being betrayed as he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Matthew 27, verse 35, And they crucified him and parted his garments that it might be fulfilled. Again, another prophecy. John 12, 38. The saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled. And the Lord hath spake, who, who hath believed our report, and to whom uh, the arm of the Lord had been revealed. John 15, 25. But it, and it come to pass that the word might be fulfilled, that this is written in the law. They hated me without a cause. And you see all of these prophecies, John 17, 12, if you could write that down at the end of that verse, it says, 
that the scripture might be fulfilled. Jesus is talking about those that God gave him while he was in the world that he would lose none of them except for the son of perdition. In John 18, verses uh, 29 to 32, talking about Pilate and, and the conversation that Pilate had. And, and uh, he asked the Jews, what, what accusation do you have against him? And they said, well, if he were not a male factor, we would not have delivered him unto thee. And, and this saying was fulfilled uh, by the, through Jesus in his life. And so Jesus allowed that to happen. And in John 19, verse number 28, And after this, Jesus, knowing all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith I thirst. As I'm looking at these 15 prophecies that is fulfilled in the Lord Jesus, and the rest that comes from the number numerology of number 15. A number of years ago, I'm reminded of this, there was a book written, and it was entitled Science Speaks, and it was a book of, of scientific probabilities, and it was a credible book as well, and it set out to show the odds of one man in history fulfilling even only eight of the 60 major prophecies in the Bible. And the probability of Jesus of Nazareth could have fulfilled even eight of these 60, much less 300 prophecies. It turns out that it is this mathematical statement. It is one in 10 to the 17th power. And that, it, it means that it is a thousand trillions, which is a quadrillion. I don't know, that number is way beyond me. It is a, it is a one with three, six, nine, twelve, uh, it looks like 16 zeros added to it. That goes beyond my capability of understanding. So mathematically, absolutely impossible that one man could come and fulfill all these different things. And we have the record, and it's found in this book. And his name is wonderful. It's miraculous, because it took a miracle for that to take place, just the fulfillment of the Scripture. So we see that Jesus is wonderful. He's wonderful in his person. He's wonderful in his perfection. He's wonderful in his promises. Jesus fulfilled the scripture. But not only that, but I'll close with this statement, and I'm closing right now because I went way over today, but Jesus, speaking of the future, will fulfill his promises to you and I. He's coming again as King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the Savior. He's coming for his bride. I hope you know him today. If you're not saved today, I want to encourage you uh, to read through the Gospel of John and then read the book of Romans chapter 10 uh, verse verse 9 through 13 and, and some of the verses in the chapters prior to that in the book of Romans it teaches us that we're all sinners that we all need a Savior I hope and pray that you know Him as your Lord and Savior these prophecies that are fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ from the Old Testament over 300 of them my friends, today, do you need proof? What further proof do you need? Amen. And it's not by proving. It's by faith that you're saved. I believe the Word of God. 
I believe, but I put my faith, my trust in Jesus. Not seen him yet, but one day I will. Well, Lord willing, we'll be back again for another Bethel Baptist Bible Devotion Time. Thank you for being with us in today and enduring to the end. May God bless you is our prayer. Bye-bye.